Welcome to the We Talk Careers podcast, brought to you by Women in ETFs. This is Christine Delano, and I'm thrilled you've joined me. Every week, we'll meet an amazing executive who will share a story about her career and give us some great insight into her success. So if you are pursuing excellence in your own career or intrigued by the hustle required for a career on Wall Street, this podcast is for you. If you haven't yet, please take a moment to subscribe. You can learn more about Women in ETFs and the exchange-traded fund industry at womeninetfs.com. We have a freebie for this episode, our gift to you. You can grab it at christinedelano.com. Find out more about our show, see some behind-the-microphone photos, and get a preview of our upcoming guests on Instagram and LinkedIn. All these links are in the show notes. So... Put aside that massive to-do list and let's get inspired. In this episode, we are talking to Kara Pagliuca about toxic productivity, something we can all find ourselves fighting against. Kara is a vice president of State Street Global Advisors and a senior national accounts manager. Kara is responsible for building and managing strategic partnerships, no stress there, She has an MBA from Boston College, as well as a bachelor's degree in journalism from St. Michael's College. Kara is married with three daughters. She loves coaching youth sports and is passionate about using athletic competitions, such as racing, to raise money for cancer charities like St. Jude's. I'm delighted to share that Kara's happy place is my home state, the dramatically beautiful Maine, where we are currently recording from, actually. So welcome, Kara. Thank you so much, Christine. I'm really thrilled to be here today. Oh, I am so thrilled to have you. And today we're talking about toxic productivity. I think it's something that so many of us driven and passionate overachievers probably fall into. I think in an industry that prides itself on busyness, productivity is key, right? And it's what's rewarded. But in order to help us recognize sort of the toxic side of productivity, Kara, do you have a story you can share from your career, kind of when you found yourself on the flip side of it and kind of what you learned about yourself? Yes, and I I couldn't agree more. Um, You know, productivity is really what drives so many of us um, Mm. and has has been such a big part of our success. But there's definitely a fine line between um, toxic and and healthy. Yes. Uh, From my perspective, I think, you know, the early pandemic was a particularly difficult time um, from a productivity standpoint. Mm. Uh, You know, everyone in the whole industry was really kind of working late hours into the night um, for weeks early on in the pandemic. There were demands. You know, I have three children um, at the time. They were one, four and seven. And uh, (laughs) so they were all home, uh, you know, given that that really the world had shut down. So there were the demands of having children at home without schooling. And for me, a lot of my typical outlets, whether it be socializing with friends or um, colleagues, even working out, none of those were really available to me. Of course. And in addition, you know, the future itself was unclear um, from a work perspective. With the pandemic, the market was going crazy. People really weren't sure what was going to come next. So I myself really kind of became anxious, easily stressed. I was out of my regular work routine, um, and that was really difficult for me. Mm. Um, From my perspective, I think, you know, that went on for, I would say, a good few months. 
And I'm definitely a, a creature of habit and I, I benefit when I have a regular routine. And so I kind of had to pivot and find out what my new routine was, the new normal for me. I needed to really, you know, create some boundaries around when I was working and when I was able to, you know, help with my children and, and obviously address their needs and create something that, you know, enabled me to manage my time and also feel like I was being productive and in a healthy way at work and at the same time being able to address the needs of my family at home. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. So talk to us a little bit about this new normal. I'm actually not really a routine driven person. So I'm really (laughs) hoping to learn from you. I I tend to, I tend to constantly be sort of reinventing, you know, how to get things done. But I would love to learn from you. So tell me a little bit about, you know, after these few months, and you really had the recognition of having to create this new routine. What what were the first things that went into this new routine? and, And how did you go about doing that? Yeah, I think, you know, in in regards to my my personal life and my family, we kind of had to reach out to our our kids and kind of set their routine first because the more mm. obviously they felt comfortable, the better it was for us at myself and my husband, you know, obviously from a career perspective. So we kind of set times throughout the day where we were going to, you know, work with them on whether it be academics or, you know, playtime, things of that nature. And then also there were times where, you know, if the door to my office was closed, that was when, you know, no one could come in because, because I either was on a call with work or doing something that obviously um, demanded my attention from a work perspective at that time. And, you know, working from home was never um, something that I wanted to do all the time, you know, Mm. prior to the pandemic, I was always, you know, in a sales role. So I was traveling and, you know, after kind of a day at home, I would say, you know, I, I, it's nice to get back into the office and, and socialize with people. But that was for so many of us, kind of that blanket was really ripped out from underneath us very quickly. So being able to establish those boundaries, um, you know, say to myself, look, it, I need to at least, even if it's go out and and take a walk for 30 minutes, I need to have some time where I can at least ground myself and realize that not everything is, you know, giving to someone else at the time. You just kind of need that 30 minutes if you can throughout the day. And even if it's at the end of the day and like meditating or something of that nature, it doesn't always have to be exercise. That to me was key in kind of setting a new routine, new normal, and kind of getting back to the, you know, myself and being able to, you know, assist better at home and then also um, continue to give a lot from a work perspective while the demands were kind of coming on both sides more than they ever had before in my life. Right, right. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. So as we delve into toxic productivity, maybe we can take a step laterally and you can help us understand what is healthy productivity? What does that look like in your life when you know you're you're running on the cylinders you need to be running on? You know, yeah. what is what is it to be healthy? Yeah. I mean, I think healthy productivity, I kind of compare it to kind of like a runner's high, you know, where it's, you get this natural high from that type of work where you're working hard, you're achieving positive results and you kind of receive a sense of peace and pride in what you're doing. Mm. And I'm someone who historically has received a lot of positive feelings for my own self-esteem from my job and um, from my engagements in my career. And if you're in a healthy place from a productivity wise, that there's nothing better. 
it's, you know, kind of when you cross the line into where things get a little bit too much and it, and from a toxic perspective that, that it can become really hard and draining. But when I talk about healthy productivity, I really feel like there's nothing better. You know, you feel like kind of like everything's working on all cylinders. You can do anything, you know, whether it be at home or at work and, and things are just kind of all going the way that you want them. And, and there's time periods in your life that are like that. And like I said, there's nothing better than that. Yes, I agree. I agree. I remember one time that was not the case for me. And my kids were, I think, three and just under one. And so I actually just have this visual in my mind right now. So my oldest, she was balancing like a play phone on her shoulder. She was holding a rattle for her baby sister who was like in a little carrier. And she was talking to a group of stuffed animals at the same time. And her face was intense. And I even remember her little hip was like cocked to the side. And I was like, oh my goodness, is that what I'm modeling? Right. You know, like that's what she sees of me. And it's, right. and I think of all the cuteness of it, and I think I actually did like snap a photo at, at one point of her, but it was her face, the intense look on her face that just got at me. And I was like, wow, you know, what am I doing right now? You know, am right. I, you know, I'm running well beyond my cylinders, you know, yes. I am, and I'm modeling for them that I am not fully present when they are right. around. And so it was just a, it was a great moment. And it comes back to me a lot. You had said that you have a sense of peace and pride when you're a in a place of health. And when I don't feel that, that image comes to mind and mm -hmm. I know it's time to, to make some changes. So have you had times where you don't recognize it yourself, but you can recognize it in your colleagues or, or others around you that it's, it's time to sort of pull back some? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of us really like we said in the beginning, as a result of kind of how our industry runs and and the jobs that we're in, we're type A, we're used to success. And, you know, when things get a little bit of off kilter, that can be difficult. And it really bleeds into so many other parts of our lives. And, you know, sometimes people become quick to anger and tempers flare. But mm -hmm. I think to your point about you know, modeling for your kids. I have three daughters and I want them to kind of think that working is, you know, the, the coolest thing and that, that, mm -hmm. you know, my mom was able to go to work and, you know, she liked her job a lot and she was able to do some, have some great experiences as a result of it. And yet when I sometimes think about myself at times, as you just mentioned, um, <laughs> where you may not be modeling exactly what the message that I want to get across, it can be difficult. And so I think that I have a lot of colleagues who I can kind of lean on and, and they lean on me and, you know, we call each other up and we're like, oh, this is, you know, I'm, I'm really like running on empty right now. And I think sometimes just that conversation with others mm. can really kind of uplift your spirits and make you feel a little bit more comfortable in the space and be like, it's okay that everything is not going exactly as how you had hoped it would right now. But how do we kind of get back on track where you're in a more comfortable zone? Great. So for our listeners out there who maybe hadn't thought about productivity in the range of from toxic to healthy, and I do think it's a range, you know, I, mm -hmm. I don't think you're in maybe one bucket or the other, you know, sometimes you're just sort of flowing between right. the two. Right. But what are some of the warning signs that they can be looking at when they think about being in sort of the unhealthy side of productivity? 
Yeah. So for me personally, it was really kind of a a feeling of being burnt out, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and oftentimes I, like I said, get a lot from both my career and my personal life. But when I wasn't feeling comfortable really or successful in either realm, I began feeling very anxious and just not feeling positive in general. And I think for me being that having that frazzled feeling for a prolonged period of time was difficult and it kind of took its toll on my overall mental and emotional health. So, and that makes it hard for those people around you. And, you know, toxic productivity is a real thing (laughs) in, (laughs) and, and not just for people in, you know, the ETF or the financial services industry. I mean, in, in any type of environment, um, it, there can, you know, be that type of feeling from a work perspective or, you know, an at-home perspective as well. And it's important to recognize it because if it, um, you know, spirals out of control, that's when things can kind of get to the point where you just, you need to kind of take a step back and kind of assess, how can I change this? Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. So I mentioned earlier that I'm not so much of a a routine every day. You know, I'm constantly like flipping it up on myself and sort of like that's my refreshing. But I am a list maker, but I'm sort of a cheater when it comes to list making. I tend to like as I you know, I don't do it right away in the morning. So I get a few things done and then I wrote those on my list. I check those off and then I continue with the rest of my list. Are you a list maker? How How do you organize yourself to assure you're getting the right things done. Yes, I I am definitely a list maker. And when I don't have my list, I start to feel very kind of like unhinged. And um, (laughs) so that is definitely a way that I kind of try and keep grounded. Um, I also have a five by seven 12 month calendar that if I don't Mm. have that, I'm again lost. But I definitely think from a day to day perspective, you know, I have my work list. I have my women in ETFs list. Um, Mm. I have my, my personal list. So it's, I'm definitely, it feels good to kind of check things off and add, and at least it's a way to obviously regain or remain in control of things, um, from that perspective. Yes. We went to dinner at a younger couple's house. My husband and I, we were doing a a little bit of care for them. And um, we walked in and they had this huge pillar in their house and it had this huge long list of everything that they wanted to get done. And it was just like all over the place. And, you know, they were constantly sort of referring to it. And it sort of stressed me out a little bit because I was like, is there priority? Are you trying to like check these off? Is it ever going to end? And um, but it is interesting how, you know, people use organization and use lists and to really sort of find a sense of accomplishment. So I think that the way that you're talking about it is, I think, so much more healthful sometimes to to have a sense of that there is a determinant to the list. Like at the end of the day, you can feel good about what you've done, but it's not just this never ending sort of hamster wheel of, of items, right? Right, right. Yes. Cause those are never healthy. No. <laughs> right, right. So what's great about this podcast is that, you know, we are really looking and have attracted a lot of like younger leaders in our industry and, and others outside of our industry to, to what we're talking about. So what advice do you have for those sort of really digging into their career to sort of get to that next level? Yeah, no, I, I think from my perspective, when I was, I'd say, you know, from 22 to, to 32, it was kind of my um, my go time in my career in terms of I was always like, okay, you know, strategizing, how do I get to the next 
you know, job or what do I need to do that? And like, for instance, at one point um, I went back to school and got my MBA and then I was like, okay, that would help. And then I'll take this lateral move here so I can get to this different business segment. Kind of always like, it was like a checkerboard for for Mm. me. And then I'm now um, working in a national accounts role for Spider ETFs. And I love my job. I love engaging with clients. Um, I like the strategic nature of the role itself. And um, it's really been something that kind of I always had thought that I wanted to do. And oftentimes people will say, well, what about the next five years or what's your next step? Right now, for me personally, I'm in a good spot. You know, I'm able to enjoy my career and get a lot of positive feelings and and I feel successful and um, I'm challenged by it. And yet at the same time, I'm able to help around the house and and. take a a big part in raising my children and coach them Mm. in their sports, like all these things that I've also wanted to do. And so I think that there's comes a point in time where you don't always have to be kind of looking ahead to the next, like, what is it that I want to achieve as I climb up that career ladder? There could be periods of your life where you could say for a few years, I'm okay where I am right now. You know, this is a good spot for me and, and it's a healthy place to be. Excellent. And as you look back on the career that's gotten you where you are today, are there great people that you've watched how they do a work product, like how they have given consistent effort um, and sort of shown up in a healthy way? Are there people that stand out to you in your career? Yes. I mean, there are a lot of um, individuals, both both male and female that I can think of, um, who've really been mentors to me and, and people who don't really seem to, um, you know, get faced by anything, at least, you know, outwardly. <laughs> um, you know, they may on the inside and, and obviously, you know, they're in many ways type A people or I would categorize them as that. So I'm sure internally they may be having that internal battle between toxic productivity some days and healthy productivity. But, you know, I can think of one of my um, first managers at State Street Global Advisors, and I still keep in touch with her to this day. And always was she, you know, the ultimate professional. And she just was great as she engaged with, whether it be, you know, senior executives or colleagues or her own team, um, and was always very productive. And um, as I said, really cool as a cucumber is, is how I would describe her. And she was someone that I still look to and think, you know, what would she do in this case and how would she handle this? And and for me, that's someone who I often call sometimes and I'll mm-hmm. say, this happened at work. What are your thoughts? Can you give me some advice? And she's been, been a, a real, you know, individual who is, has really kind of helped my career in so many ways. Um, and and I'll, I'll forever be thankful for, for all that she's done. Oh, that's excellent. And what I love about as you talk about her and and when I've asked this question, you know, whether it be on the podcast or or just to friends too about the people that they admire, it never seems to be from afar. You know, these are once you sort of identify these folks in your career, you know, reach out to them. So if and I'm sure you would agree, right, you know, having sort of folks around you that are proponents of your career, what we call um, sponsorship t- mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, that will sponsor your career and really help you sort of see yourself in a different way, help you understand the ways in which they are behaving and thriving in their career and, and give you tips on how to do it. Don't admire from afar too much, right? You know, yes, like really advice. engage. Yes. Sponsors, um, you know, obviously they kind of select you, but mentors and, and kind of 
you know, reaching out to those people that you, as you said, admire, <laughs> don't do it from mm-hmm. afar, you know, um, see if you can kind of reach out and tap into their greatness by by really learning from them. Right, exactly. So Kara, as you know, I'm a writer, and mm-hmm. I love the power of story. I think you can see yourself in the reflection of a character or an author. And I think it's sometimes great to see, and actually sometimes it's hard, um, mm-hmm. but I think it can kind of move you in a direction. So I think the power of story can't be oversold, although, you know, obviously I'm biased. But what book have you read recently that's inspired you to maybe move? Yes, yes. Um, I love to read. And I think that I've learned so much from books. And I like to glean a lot from not self-help books, but books that have a real message, um, Mm. I guess. And so recently, I read Option B by Sheryl Sandberg. And this book was completely, um, I was blown away by it. So it obviously details the story of how Cheryl lost her husband at a young age and he he died suddenly. And it really talks about her ability uh, to face adversity, her ability to kind of develop resilience um, Mm -hmm. in her life overall, whether it be as a parent, as a, you know, a member of Facebook, whether it be, um, you know, just personally. And it was completely inspiring to me. My sister lost her husband at a young age as well. And so that's kind of why I picked the book up in the first place, kind of looking Mm. for some, you know, ideas on how I could help her. And this book itself, if you haven't read it, isn't just a story about a woman who has lost her husband at a young age. Um, It can really resonate in so many facets of everyone's life. We've all faced adversity. And those people who've really come out on top have, you know, shown great resilience. And it talks about ways that you can do that, not only with a loss and grieving, but also, you know, whether it be in your career or um, in friendships. So I thought it was a great example of life lessons. And and it really has inspired me to kind of take those lessons um, and apply them to my own life. Oh, how wonderful. How wonderful. And we'll have a link to option B in our show notes so folks can check it out for themselves. Thank you so much, Kara, for this dive into productivity that's not usually talked about. Oh, Oh, thank you so much for having me. I, I greatly appreciate it. And I really enjoyed it. Oh, awesome. As we know, all forms of productivity are not good for us, our coworkers, our companies, and certainly not for our families and friends. So thank you for giving us so much to think about here. And thank you, our listeners, for spending your time with us. I hope this is not just information that we've shared, but there is a way to let it be transformational in your career. And I'm rooting for you. Once again, I'd like to remind you to go to womeninetfs.com to find out more about diversity, opportunity, and events in the exchange-traded fund industry. Please also check out this episode's freebie where I've listed some great resources on healthy productivity and even ways to self-identify where you're at. You'll find it at, with a K, christinedelano.com. If you haven't subscribed, please make sure you do so. We have a season of incredible guests. Don't miss out. And if there's a topic you'd like to hear from us, please let us know. All links are in the show notes. Thank you for listening.